Until events conspired for me to write Rocket Boys a memoir, I had no idea the story of my boyhood life in the West Virginia coal fields would interest anyone. I certainly had no reason to believe a story of those nearly forgotten days would cause Hollywood to pay attention. Yet every day I receive a pile of letters and emails testifying to the continuing popularity of Rocket Boys and also the motion picture titled October Sky. But how did the book get written and the movie get made? Considering how many things had to line up perfectly, I can only conclude I am the beneficiary of a miracle, the kind most authors can only dream about coming their way. For those who don't know the story of the Rocket Boys of Colwood, West Virginia, here's a brief retelling. In 1957, the Soviet Union launched the world's first space satellite, which everybody called Sputnik. This caused a panic in the United States because the little beeping orb proved we'd fallen behind our dangerous enemy, the evil Russians. A space race subsequently started between the two rivals, and kids all across the USA wanted to get involved. After I saw Sputnik fly over Colwood, I was so impressed, I decided to get into the rocket business. The problem with that was Colwood boys were expected to mostly care about football and coal mining. Also, my father, the superintendent of the coal mine, the reason for Colwood's existence, doted on my big brother, Jim, who was a high school football player. His second son, me, he wasn't so sure about. I was a four-eyed runt, a poor student, and apparently was not going to amount to anything. To imagine that I would turn into a rocket scientist was surely the furthest thing from Dad's mind, and everyone else's. Ignoring reality, a specialty of mine, I recruited some other boys to form a rocket club, which we called the Big Creek Missile Agency, BCMA, Big Creek being the name of our high school. When our exploding rockets began to stink up the town and blow holes in the mountains, Dad ordered us to stop. We didn't, of course, which began a fight between my parents that was hotter and brighter than any rocket we ever built. Mom was for us, Dad was against us, and the people of Colwood were trying to make up their minds one way or the other. Anyway, they called us their rocket boys, and after three years of experimentation and many adventures, we went off to win a gold and silver medal at the 1960 National Science Fair. To celebrate and honor our teachers and parents, we held one final rocket launch at Cape Colwood, which is what we called the old slack dump that was our rocket range. At that launch, my father showed up, and he and I had a moment of reconciliation. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reviewer of Rocket Boys ended his piece by writing, One closes the book with an immense feeling of satisfaction. It was like that in real life, too. I felt satisfied with how the experience ended, and it didn't take long before this time in my life faded from my memory. There were, after all, many other things to experience. I went to engineering school at Virginia Tech, where I built a giant cannon, then fought in the Vietnam War, then became a scuba instructor, and then worked as a NASA engineer responsible for training astronauts. Along the way, I also began a writing career, and in 1989 published Torpedo Junction, a best-selling history of the U-boat battles along the American coast during World War II. With so much going on, I didn't have much reason to reflect on my high school years in West Virginia. The seed for what would become Rocket Boys was planted years before its creation. When my father came down with black lung, he had to give up being the superintendent of the Colwood Mine, but that didn't stop him from trying to run things, including my parents' retirement house, in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina.
One of the ways he did this was by pitching out anything he deemed not useful. This probably drove my pack rat mother a bit crazy, but she played along. One day, shortly before Dad passed away in 1989, I received a dozen or so boxes with a note from my mom explaining this was all my stuff, left over from my childhood, and I could keep it or throw it away. Carelessly, I stacked the boxes in my garage and avoided looking at them until 1994, when water seeped inside and got them wet. Pondering the collapsing mess, I noticed that, unlike the other boxes which had my mom's handwriting on them, one box, a shoe box, was marked by my dad's crabbed scrawl. He had written but one word on it, Sonny, my nickname when I was a boy. When I opened the box, I found two things the Metalite one at the 1960 National Science Fair, and a perfectly crafted steel rocket nozzle built in Colwood's mine machine shop. I could only conclude my father had saved these things for me. But why?